Hello, hello, hello world. Welcome back to the Hustle and Grind podcast. I am your host, Jason Hartwell from JK Blades. And for three weeks in a row now, we've got David Sabit from Sabit Outdoor Survival. He's sitting here starting to look like a co-host. I about to say, it's starting to look that way, ain't it? It seems like it. <laughs> I think that's what we're doing. All right, so we're going to go ahead and start this show off today and talk about the sponsor for the show. Just get that out of the way. The sponsor is JK Blades. For all of your knife needs, go over and check out JK Blades on Instagram, JK Blades on Facebook, and now on TikTok. There's a JK Blades. <laughs> I don't know, that's crazy, right? <laughs> all right, so we got a, a guest in here with us today. Last night I was on Instagram and I saw something that I've never seen before. That was a set of handle scales that were available from Rob's Wildwood. Uh oh. So I bought him. And I called him, <laughs> and he is with us today, Mr. Rob Harrison. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, guys. How about yourselves? Oh, awesome. Wonderful. Man, I, I was in shock yesterday when I actually saw a set of Rob's Wildwood handle material available. Well, you know, um, sometimes I will announce sales that I'm going to have, and sometimes I'll just uh, I'll just pop them out there without saying a word. And uh you know, came in handy yesterday, didn't it? It sure did. I had just had a person leave my shop um, and left me with a deposit. And I said, man, I've got to find some cool scales because this is going to be a really cool build. And I started searching everywhere. Um, normally, I get my scales out of Canada, but I just don't have the time to wait on that shipping. And I couldn't believe it when those scales popped up. So I just started buying them. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, and those two sets of scales went out in the in the mail today. So, with a little prayer, prayer to the USPS gods, you'll uh, you'll see them here in a few days. Well, I sure do appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. So, anytime, uh, pleasure, pleasure's all mine. I I really I've never talked to you before until yesterday, and um, the only thing I've ever seen on your Instagram is handle scales. So, why don't you tell me and the world a little bit about you, what you do, and how you started, all that good stuff. Well, that's, that's a long story, and I don't think a, an hour of your time would cover it. But uh, in, a, in a nutshell, uh, I'm a self-taught woodworker. Um, I had a grandfather that introduced me to a table saw when I was six years old. And, uh, you know, luckily, um, he taught me the right way because, you know, knock on wood, I still have all ten of my digits. Congrats. Right. <laughs> and uh, in, uh, in woodshop, um, when I was 14 years old in seventh grade woodshop, I had a uh, – a teacher that taught me a process of doing really, really cool things with wood. And, uh, I took that and, uh, and ran with it throughout the years and, you know, pushed it further and and made it cooler. And that's a product that we call wildwood. And on our Instagram page, um, at Rob's wildwood, if you go way back, you can see, you know, some things that I've made with that material before. So, um, always since I have to make the wood, before I can make anything, you know, the labor costs in that are really high. And, uh, so I'm always looking for ways to, you know, sell less of it and still, you know, recover my expenses of making the wood and then making the product out of the wood. So okay. when you say um, making the wood, are you just, you're obviously buying burl wood. Are you just processing it or are you? Well, this, this product is made out of more of what you would call lumber. Okay. Um, and it's a, uh, it's a process of 
cutting radiuses and fitting these pieces of wood of different varieties and colors together um, to come up with a board that that'll have you know four or five six different species and colors of wood in it okay so back about six years ago my brother-in-law introduced me to instagram and i caught onto this knife thing and i said wow you know this wood that i make would make some really cool knife handles and that was the spawning of Rob's Wildwood on Instagram. Now, over the years, I've uh, I have met people and made contacts and and gotten heavily into you know burl scales, um, spalted wood scales, natural dyed. I mean, everything. The, the sky's the limit. And um, through my good friends at uh, at Knife and Gun Finishing Supplies, which is K&G. Mm-hmm. Um, they do all of my dyeing and stabilizing. Um, they're actually the ones that uh, that set a fire under it and showed me some things. And and once again, I just, I see a ball laying on the ground and I know there's something there. I pick it up and I run with it. You know, I've been running with that one for six years now and there's no end in sight. Well, is this what you're doing full time? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I, uh, I've been uh, into selling construction materials all of my life. I specialize in pneumatic fastening. Um, And my last job um, was at a big nationwide uh, chain, retail chain of uh, of lumber yards. And I was selling windows and doors and lumber and everything else. And it just got too big and too corporate. So my wife and I made a plan. um, And it took us four years to execute this plan. We paid off all of our debt and refinanced our house to knock the payment way down. And, uh, you know, as of the end of last July, I am now full-time with this uh, little business that I have here. That's awesome, man. I think that's everybody's goal that does anything like we're doing is to only do that if you really love it. Yeah, you know, it's uh, there's a a video out there in Cyber World um, from uh, Mr. Steve Harvey called Jump. And I would recommend to anybody to watch that video and take it to heart because he explains some things. Um, what he means by jump is, you know, you can, you can be happy, you know, working, doing the daily grind, going and, and working for the man every day, you know, but there, there is something God given to all of us that, that goes way beyond, you know, that mundane routine. And, uh, you know, I personally watch this thing a couple times a week and it's very, very inspiring, very inspiring. You know, we all have it in us and, uh, it's just a matter of, you know, stepping outside the box and, and making it happen. You know, you're going to have to sacrifice. You're going to fall down on your face and scrape up your knees and whatnot. But, uh, if you don't jump, you never know. Yeah. Yeah. That's absolutely true. I made the jump full time, uh, involuntarily. I guess it's been about a month ago or so, and I just kind of told myself, you know, now that I'm full time, let's see what I got, you know. And it so far so good. I got to knock on some wood here. It, it's doing great. Uh, orders have picked up, and now that I'm able to put enough time into it, that that helps a lot. I, yeah, you know, faster turnaround times and things like that. Yeah, and you know what? There's there's nothing like there's nothing like waking up in the morning knowing that you're going to work for yourself. Oh yeah. That's an awesome feeling. 
I mean, for years, my wife and I both, you know, you wake up in the morning and, and, you know, you have to go beat your head up against that same wall again. And it's like, why do we have to do this? You know? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm a, I'm a huge, uh, a huge advocate of, uh, of inspiring people and, you know, telling people, you know, the steps to take to get to where you can do it yourself. You know, that's, like Steve Harvey says, we all have it in us. It's there. It's born into us. You just have to find it and then make it happen. And if it takes, you know, two, three, five, ten years to execute a plan to make it happen, then, you know, you're, you're spinning your wheels if you ain't taking those steps now. Yeah, I'm actually, I just pulled up this Steve Harvey jump video on YouTube. It's about six minutes long. I'm going to save that and make sure I look at it later. <clears throat> Uh, absolutely absolutely and pass that along to uh to all of your listeners as well you know that uh that uh that should start a fire in everyone yeah i'm excited to listen to it now i listen to a lot of <laughs> you know i guess you'd call it motivational stuff i I like gary v and things like that and uh that sounds like it'll be something right up my alley yeah yeah it uh you know working for the man is one thing working for yourself uh is definitely another and yeah. it's uh I never knew that had I known it was going to be as good as it is. I would have, I would have done it years ago. Yeah. It's stressful at times, but it's fun. Nobody watching over your shoulder, things like that. So nobody to blame, but yourself. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. There's only one person to answer to, and that's yourself. You know, you, you yeah. mess something up, you know, you, yeah. you, know, you take your punch on the chin and you move on with it, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, man, I, Again, I just, I can't believe I, I'm so excited, you know, to get some scales from you. Cause when I look at a lot of the, I guess you call them the big dogs, you know, all their high price knives and all the fancy stuff, it always says scales from Ross Wildwood. It's almost a guarantee that when there's something real nice out there, that's where those scales came from. Well, and thank you for that. Thank you for that. We, uh, you know, we go the extra mile, you know, we run these, uh, we run these scales and blocks and whatnot through processes that, uh, that others probably don't, you know, to ensure quality. And, uh, our, our standards are pretty high, you know, I mean, you see a lot of cool stuff on my Instagram page, but, uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff that doesn't make the cut, you know, if it doesn't, uh, have a certain look and, and the quality, it, it doesn't even get posted. So, well, you, you said know? that you were doing other wood stuff before you found, you know, I guess the obsession over knife handle scales. Are you into knives or have you been a knife person before? Um, I've never, uh, I've never quote unquote made knives. Okay. I, uh, I probably could, you know, if I had, you know, another 10 or 15 grand to spend on that set of tools to do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I have been a, a woodworker, you know, my entire life. Um, and then, you know, knife scales just kind of, when I look at it in hindsight, it, uh, it all just kind of fell in my lap. I mean, there's nobody that could have made that happen, but one guy and he lives, you know, way up above us. <laughs> I pointed and, straight uh, up in the air before you said that. Yep. Yep. It, uh, you know, the, the way that it happened and, you know, we moved to Texas, um, in 12. So we've been in Texas for nine years and got lucky and found a rental that has this shop right next to it, wound up buying it from the landlord. 
um, turning it into a wood shop. And then, you know, the whole knife handle thing, I mean, it all just fell right into my lap. And all I had to do was, you know, exploit it and, and push it. And uh, by golly, I did. And that's what, uh, that's what put us where we are right now. Well, as a woodworker, how did you kind of, I guess, build up your social media reputation, you know, to what way did you push it? Yeah. To get in front of those big dogs that, you know, well, um, uh, with social media, you know, mostly Instagram, cause I'm, I'm bigger on Instagram than I am on any other platform. Um, you know, you put things out there and there's, uh, there's people out there that will, will pick up a cool picture and they'll repost it. Okay. Right. So right when I first started, growth was real slow and you'll find that you'll find that with Instagram. Oh yeah. I'm, I have found when it, <laughs> when it's, when it's small, it, the growth is real slow, but if you hook up with people and just ask, say, Hey, do you mind reposting that for me? Um, you know, that's, that's where the growth really happens. And as you grow with Instagram, the growth gets faster. Okay. Like a snowball. Now, yes, exactly. Now with, uh, with the algorithms and all these other crazy things they have going on, like right now I'm kind of in a lull. You know, sometimes the growth will happen and then it slows down and then it happens and it slows down. And I think that's something that's controlled, you know, by whatever platform that you're on. Um, And it is what it is. I mean, you can reach out. There's, you see them all the time come across your Instagram. Hey man, pay me a hundred dollars and I'll get you a thousand followers or whatever. Well, we've never done that. You know, the, the follower base that we have is 100% homegrown. I've never paid you know, for somebody to get me followers, it's all come naturally. Um, and that, uh, you know, with the, with the woodwork, I was lucky enough to have, uh, a guy, uh, hashtag woodwork for all. Um, he's out of Salt Lake city. One day I picked up my phone and looked at it and, uh, you know, the little heart thing comes up with, uh, likes and follows and everything else. And, it popped up and it said that I had 400 new followers and I'm going, what the heck is this? Wow. wow. <laughs> so I found out where all these followers are coming from. This, uh, I posted a really cool picture of a wildwood um, box that I had made. And, uh, this guy picked it up and, you know, he didn't ask or anything and I don't, I don't really, I don't really care, but, uh, he posted it and, you know, he's at that time he had over a hundred thousand followers and boom, all of a sudden somebody picks up a picture of yours and reposts it on their page and boom, here comes all these followers. I'm going, man, this is cool. Yeah. <laughs> if I wake up and see two, I'm like, man, what did I post? That must've been a good one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I'm fine. Make it a point. You know, if, uh, if the knife makers that I deal with, you know, if they post something, and, uh, and tag me either in a post or in their stories, you know, I'll go ahead and, and gladly repost it for them, you know, cause it's all about, it's all about helping each other out. You know, I was lucky enough to have people help me to get to where I am. So I'm, I'm more than glad to uh, return that favor to anybody. Yeah. Well, I'm going to definitely be tagging you up when I finish these knives that I'm working on now with your scales. That's for sure. Well, make sure you do it in stories, in your stories when you do. If you tag me in a story, because on my end, um, 
when I when I post a story, it gets usually double the hits that a post does. Hmm. Okay. I did my first story the other day. The first one. Did you? Yeah, because I never really knew what it was or how to do it. And when we had pickle cutters on, I made my first story after he, I think, tagged us in a story. Yeah. And there was a button and an option that says, add to your story. I was like, don't know what it is. Let's hit it. (laughs) (laughs) I've done a few things on stories, but I don't really, honestly, don't think about it that often. Well, this gentleman saying if he it gets helps more off or, of it. Yeah, I guess I need to do that more often. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, there's there's quote unquote tricks of the trade when it comes to to Instagram. You know, one time a while back, <clears throat> our uh, my sales just went you know into the dirt, and I'm going, what the heck is going on? And, you know, it had to, it had to be the algorithm. So, you know, I got to researching on it, and there's there's things you can do you know, to get around, to get around the algorithm. You're not, you're not going to get around it totally hundred percent, but there's things that you can do to, um, to make it better. Okay. Um, and one is you have to remember that, uh, you know, both, uh, Instagram and, uh, and Facebook are owned by a certain person. Okay. Um, and, that uh how am i going to put this and and not uh and not go into something i don't want to um <laughs> stay politically uh, correct <laughs> yes yes um okay. these are both owned by a certain person that that has certain political beliefs and mm-hmm. these political beliefs um frown upon weapons of any of any sort okay and weapon supplies i mean everything to do with weapons including knives so um <clears throat> I got to looking at my hashtags and every one of my hashtags had the word knife in it. So yeah, mine does changed all those, changed all those. Okay. Uh-oh. Um, and in a couple of days, everything was right back to normal. So, so you do not yeah. put hashtag knife in any of yours. No, no. Uh-huh. I mean, I had, I had 20 hashtags that had knife community, knife, nut, knife, this custom knife, knife, knife. That's what all my, yeah. Yeah, I went and changed them all, and I took the word knife out of them and just put, you know, more like woodwork, stabilized wood, you know, handle scales, you know, this and that and everything else, and uh, and that helped. That definitely helped. So if there's anybody out there that uh, that is having troubles reaching, you know, your followers, you might want to consider that. Well, that's know? kind of why we're doing this, right? You know, build up everybody around us. Yeah. So did you yeah. did you go back on old posts? and then remove those hashtags or did you just stop doing it from that point forward? I went, uh, <laughs> if, if I, if I had kept all of the posts that I have done, I, it would be in the tens of thousands. So, um, what I do periodically is I'll go to my, my older handle scale posts and I'll start deleting from the bottom up. Okay. Okay. And I'm sure, I'm sure that all of those older posts with those hashtags that say knife in them, um, are now gone. So, um, not really going to worry about that. Yeah. I'm trying but, to uh, think, you know, as a knife maker, what in the world would I put up besides knife? You know what I mean? Utensil. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I use cutlery yeah. here and there, um, culinary, things like that. Um, yeah. Um, well, you know. Um, EDC is a good one. Everyday carry, yeah, you know, that, that kind of there. thing. Mm-hmm. 
if you make chef knives, you know, you might want to touch on, you know, culinary chef, you know, chef's blade, you know, things like that. I don't, I don't know if the word blade is going to get picked up by the algorithm, you know? Um, I do like home chef and, uh, meal prep, things like that, you know, on my kitchen knives, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, cause there's, you know, those, those hashtags that do have the word knife in it, um, you know, they're out there and I'm sure if you go to that hashtag, they're going to have you know, hundreds of thousands of, of different ones and, uh, you know, maybe not a problem, but, um, from my personal experience, you know, my, my business was being driven to a place where I didn't want it to go, um, by an algorithm that, you know, in my book, you know, shouldn't be there. There, I mean, there shouldn't be that kind of control on it. Um, because I mean, every house in every house in this world has a, a knife in it, at least one. Oh yeah, obviously. And you know, like, you know, with, uh, with weapons and, you know, guns, it might be a little bit different, but you know, um, knives, I don't know why they're cracking down on them, but it's, it's, it's their deal. Yeah. I've tried to promote a lot of my posts before and it'll pop up and say, you know, this post is outperforming 95% of your others click here to promote it. And I've done that four or five times and it always gets denied for being a weapon, mm-hmm. but they want me to promote it. They don't have a problem with me having a page. The last one I did was a chef's knife sitting on a pile of cut up squash. And they said it was a weapon. I said, no, this is a, a kitchen tool. You know, <laughs> I, I just yeah, don't understand that. Like I'm trying to give them money, but they don't want it. Yeah. Because you're posting a chef's knife on a pile of squash. I don't you know, that's, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, they called it a weapon. They sure enough did. Yeah. And then I tried to post something else just to see what would happen. I can't remember what it was a picture of. I think it was just an American flag that I took on the tree out in my front yard on the 4th of July. And they denied that one because it referenced a weapons-based page. Really? Yeah. So, I mean, I did that one just to see, you know, if they if they would let it fly through. And it, it referenced itself back to a weapons page. Yeah, you know, they've been asking me more and more recently to uh, to promote this and promote that. And, you know, and, you know, of course, they're going <laughs> to they're going to bait you. You know, right now they're saying, well, here's 20 bucks, man. Promote this. Yeah. Here's 20. Here's 23 dollars. Promote this. And uh, now I think I'll wait just a little bit. See. <laughs> yeah. Well, as quick as your stuff sells, I don't think you need much promotion. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and we're in the process now of, uh, of having a new website built. Our old one is a little, a little outdated and real complicated to load. Um, so we're having a new one built right now by a, a good friend of mine up in the Dallas Fort Worth area. And, uh, so we're going to be, uh, we're going to swing and, we're not taking one little baby step up. We're taking multiple baby steps up. Well, and good. so we're going to make uh it's a, when you sell things as fast as you make them, it's quite obvious there's a demand out there. <clears throat> um, so what we need to do is <clears throat> promote, um, produce more and make it available to, uh, to more people. And that's, that's going to be happening here, hopefully within the next few months. So in your shop, is it just you or do you have a, a team with, you know, employees or how's that working? That's what well, you know, right now it's just me. It's just me. That's, um, that's very <clears throat> impressive. <Yeah. laughs> I have, uh, I have my son 
um, who is a uh, army combat vet that uh, that comes over on the weekends, and he actually has an Instagram page too. It's uh, at Budget Blocks and Scales, um, and he comes over on the weekend, and we you know hustle and you know and get stuff done. Um, but that uh, the plan is here in the near future. Um, I've got my wife all trained up to do everything out here. Plus she can take the, take care of the clerical end of the business <clears throat> and hopefully the shipping. Cause that's one of my least favorites. But, I hate that part. <laughs> um, but the, the plan is to have her quit her job here within, uh, within a year's time. And then, uh, once that happens, my son is going to be next. He's, uh, he works for a remodeling contractor here in New Braunfels. And he is a, uh, a painter and he's, he's getting burned out on his job. So one day soon, hopefully uh, we'll have the, have the whole fam family out here, you know? Yeah. That's goals right there. Yeah. That's awesome. My yeah. Mom. You know, if, if you don't, if you don't make goals, you know, there's, there's nothing to work towards. And uh, we've always, we've always made plans and carried them through. You know, sometimes it takes longer than others. Um, but if you don't have that plan and you don't have a, a goal to, to work towards, I mean, you're just spinning your wheels. Yeah. My wife tells me on a daily basis that one of ours has to be enough so that everybody in the family can quit theirs and come work for us. <laughs> that would be the goal. Yeah. And the more, and yeah. more that I come home from my real job and like I'm mad or something's bothering me, she goes, I, I, soon, baby, I'm just going to have, I'm going to have it so you can quit and just work at your business or mine. That's the goal, babe. That's the goal. Now, what what do you do for a day job? I build airplanes. I'm a sheet metal mechanic on the C-130s out here on the base. Oh, really? Yeah. So I make decent money doing that, but the perk is the benefits. I got those government benefits. Yeah. Yeah. Now, are are you in the service or are you a private contractor? I'm what they call a civilian contractor, but I'm not, not a contractor. Blah. Civil service employee. So I'm not a contractor. Okay. I'm actually employed yeah. by DOD. But then my wife's a dog groomer, and I have the leather business, and she's full-time. That's all she does. And my leather is, like me and Jason were talking the other day, I think if I had another eight hours every day, it could be my full-time. But I just I got five kids, so the benefits of my job really, really make it hard to leave. I'm going to jump in yeah. right there real quick and just give Miss Amanda a little more credit. Because <laughs> when you said dog groomer, I'm picturing, you know, the girls in the scrubs at PetSmart. She's got her own business. Yeah. Her standalone building that is yep. her business she owns. Yep. So, yeah, she, she's hustling too. Oh, yeah, she's killing it. And she wants to be that a That is phenomenal. Yeah. I love working for her more than I, work, more than I like working on airplanes half the time because it's, <laughs> it's family, you know. I might be sweating and working hard, but I'm working with family. You know, and I enjoy yeah. that. I'm building us, not somebody else. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Big difference. Oh, Big yeah. difference between doing what you want to do and what you have to. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, now you you have a you have you do leather work? Yeah. I own Sebit Outdoor Survival and I do pretty much uh-huh. anything custom leather and survival gear. And I have a bushcraft school up in uh county above us. So that's what I do. Yeah, he he's the one that does all my knife sheaths. So if you've ever seen a leather sheath on the JK Blades page, that's where it came from. There's never okay. been one from right. anybody else. All right. Well, that's uh, that's good to know because I'm 
I'm uh, always looking for a, a leather guy. See, I, I, I buy barter and horse trade with uh, with the knife makers that I deal with. Well, if you ever need something, and, look uh, me up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. As a matter of fact, we'll give you we'll give you a shout after the show here. We'll uh, we'll get your your information. That'd be perfect. And do a little do a little blurb about you. You know, throw it out there to the world, see what happens. Shoot, you! I got to catch up with you guys. I'd appreciate that. Yeah, I've been stuck yeah. at 550 followers for. Well, I take that. I was stuck at 380 for over two years. It was between 380 and 384. I mean, I just could not grow. I'd gain three followers and lose four, and then gain four and lose three. <laughs> but um, I got some help. Uh, my good buddy Tommy Matthews shouted me out a couple times and posted some of my work, and I got a boom off of that. Um, and then I was talked about on another podcast. That was a pretty good little boom, and I think this podcast is starting to help out a little bit, trying to get my name out there some. But I dream of the 13.4K follower days. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, if you just uh, if you just put your head down and keep plugging away at it, it'll happen. Yeah, well, I mean, I've it'll said it happen. forever. I mean, you would like to think that followers don't mean as much as they do, but they do. Because it doesn't really matter what you're building. If nobody's around to see it, that means nobody's there to buy it. <laughs> Yeah. Well, one other little helpful tip, helpful hint when it comes to that, you'll find that uh, if you do videos, okay, videos are always going to get more attention than still shot posts. Oh, I do a lot of videos and my videos, you're right. They outperform by far, you know, yeah. the, the amount yeah. of likes that I get, but the, yeah. I don't think anybody can see the amount of likes on a video though, right? I don't know. Yeah, they can. They oh. can because... If you if you if you post a video like you would a normal still shot post, not in stories, but as a as a post, sometimes there's there's I think it's like a circulating thing that Instagram will pick up on it and uh, and when you go to the search page, you know you you see a bunch of different you know stuff on there, probably stuff that you've tapped on before, mm-hmm. you know, same genre, right? Um, and you will, and you know, Instagram, you know, might pick up on a cool video that you put up and boom, now you have, now you have that showing up on, you know, everybody's, you know, search when they, when they pull up their search and, uh, that, that'll get a lot of views as well. Yeah. I try to do one video every couple of weeks at least, <clears throat> but I got to find some kind of way to goof off to, in order to make a video. Cause day-to-day knife making can get kind of boring unless the forge is on. I mean, it's just grind, 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 grind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and hand sanding, right? Oh, goodness. Yeah, let's make a video on that one. Oh, those are my favorite <laughs> ones. I, li- I like to zoom in and see how white your knuckles are. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, white knuckles and blistered fingertips. I love it. Makes me You good. know, it's, 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 the same, it's the same with wood. You know, I, I despise hand sanding wood, and I will spend thousands of dollars on the machine to get away from hand sanding. And I can just imagine what it is for what it's like for you guys with steel. Cause that's, that's even worse. Yeah, it definitely is. But, um, I've gotten to the point now on my wood handles, I use the machine up to about 120 grit and everything from then on is hand sanded. And I usually go up to 2000 on stabilized wood. Not bad. But, I mean, not I just, bad. Probably go ahead. I, I can't, 
I've, I've made enough mistakes in the past as far as letting the edge of my belt, you know, cut in somewhere. And then I got to try to even it out on the other side. And before I know it, I'm busting the scales off and starting over. So I, I just get that rough shape. And then I don't mind, you know, hand sanding wood on a handle already. Yeah. Yeah. Well, at least it's not a big piece of wood. You know, it's just a, a knife handle, which isn't, uh, there's not a lot there. And if you exactly. have the right vice and whatnot, it makes it pretty quick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I go through, through sandpaper like it's free. When it stops doing what it's supposed to do, I throw it on the ground and grab another piece. Or give it to me. <laughs> yeah, that's my belts. That's the belts, yeah. I think it's perfect. His burned-out belts work perfect for sanding my leather. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, how, how long have you been into knife making? I've been, uh, let me see, October is going to be, I think, five years. Somewhere, yeah. Four, either four or five years. Um. But I was doing it well over a year before I even knew what Instagram was or YouTube. So most of my original stuff, I just figured out on my own. But, um, yeah, yeah, I've been going, I'm going to say four years because I'm not positive. It might be five. But full time now, right at a month. I was a contract worker. And um, contracts just started getting slimmer and slimmer. And all of a sudden, there was no work for a couple of weeks. And then I found out the contract got sold out from under me without me even knowing. So oh, nice. that was my push into full time. I was like, well, here we go. <laughs> you know, and I spent enough time on my days off, you know, thinking there just wasn't any contracts to do for that day. I was spending all that time in the shop. So I was already getting myself used to being in the shop sun up to sundown. So once I got the news, I guess it was just a confirmation that it's time to give it all I got. Yep. You know what? Uh, when you're, when you're in a position like that, which I call a, a sink or swim position. Yeah. You know, you, you're better off sinking, sinking or swimming for yourself than you are for somebody else. That's exactly right. You know, when it first <laughs> happened, I mean, I, I kind of hit a little panic mode. You know, like, Oh my God, what are we going to do? But you know, I'd, I'd sell a knife. Or, you know, I'd get an order and with a deposit. And, and my wife was just telling me, I mean, she's the best ever. She's so supportive. She kept telling me, don't worry about the bills at the end of the week. Worry about making some cash today. You know, mm-hmm. just a little bit, one day at a time, one day at a time. And since I started focusing on that, I mean, it just, it almost seems easy now. Yeah, yeah. Well, congratulations, you know. Thank you. You took a you took a bad situation and you made it good and uh, you know I can't uh, I can't express enough you know the women behind us in this because you know like you just said with uh, without their support you know we would uh, we would probably just shrivel up and you know go work for somebody else again yeah. and beat our heads against that same wall every day again and uh, you know I've been thinking about uh, you know putting a little something together and and throwing it out there and just, uh, you know, giving, uh, giving some praise to, uh, to our significant others, because like I just said, you know, without, uh, without their support, um, it probably wouldn't happen, you know? Oh, there, uh, there's no doubt in my mind. If I w- did not have the wife that I have, I probably would have never made my first knife. I mean, is JK blades is Jason and Katie. I mean, I know that sounds all soft and mushy, but I couldn't do it without her. <laughs> yeah. She's never touched a machine, but 
you know, when I started messing around with it, she kind of doubted it a little bit just because I've had so many hobbies that I pick up and say, oh, I'm going to do this, going to do that, and then I move on. But after she saw us sticking with it, she's like, okay, well, we got to get you some She started to push you to equipment. buy the better equipment. Yeah. Yeah. So. And that's how mine is. Like, for Christmas, I my wife had overheard me talking about wanting something in particular, so she bought me two. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. I wasn't going to buy it because I didn't want to spend that money. Right. But it helps. So that's what she bought me. Yep. And I'll turn around and she's like, babe, did you, uh, I heard you talking about that leather the other day. Did you buy that? I'm like, well, no, I don't know if I want to actually start doing that. She goes, well, you should go ahead and do that. And you got the money for it. And, uh, if it doesn't sell, you learn something. I'm like, all right, babe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My wife buys a lot of my handle material. Um, all my liners and stuff like that. Just randomly buy oh, yeah. stuff. Yeah. She'll see something like in a funny color and she'll buy me that yeah. package of coming up in the mail and I'll say, well, what'd you get? She'll say, oh, that's yours. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, some lime green liners and uh, all the C, the C-Tech scales that I use, I have no mm-hmm. idea where those come from. <laughs> she sees them somewhere and she buys them. Yeah. I mean, she keeps them coming in, but. Well, well, now, um, what was your wife's name again? I'm going to have to hook up with her. <laughs> yeah. They're great women, bro. Yeah. No, he's, he's wanting her to go buy the Rob's Wildwood scales and get rid of that C-Tech. Oh, yeah. Go, go ahead and send her a message. <laughs> send her a link to the website. Notice, notice, notice. she have a Instagram, too? <laughs> she does. I don't even know if she – she probably ain't posted nothing in five years. but I couldn't tell she you. scrolls it every day. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Right, yeah, so, we'll get her set up and then get her notification set, and that way she can buy you a bunch of good handle material. There we go. I will hook her up. <laughs> uh, I got a question for you, just, you know, sure. curiosity. Uh, we know a lot of the big guys, like the Rob's Wildwood Scales. And when I say big guys, I'm thinking, you know, the the known knife makers, you know, the ones that you walk through Blade Show and you see them and you say, oh, that's so-and-so. You supply a lot of those guys, right? I supply, I supply a fair amount of those guys. Um, you know, from, from my end of the business, you know, a, a lot of those guys, um, are hooked up with, with longstanding, you know, relationships with other wood suppliers and whatnot. And that's, that's totally cool. You know, that's totally cool. Um, I, uh, my theory or my practice in business is, uh, of course I like the big guys, you know, I mean, who wouldn't, but, you know, I really like supporting, you know, smaller guys, younger generations. Okay. Um, cause you see shop classes, you know, disappearing, you know, from school districts everywhere across the country. They were gone before I got there. I hate it. And that's, uh, and that's, you know, if I didn't have shop class in, in seventh grade, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, know what I know about wood today and I wouldn't have the passion to pursue it. Um, so, you know, when I, when I get a hold of, you know, these 14, 15, you know, 16 year old kids that, uh, that, that are getting into knife making and they have their little, you know, Harbor freight one by 30, you know, grinder and, you know, they're, they're going out on their property and finding wood to make, you know, handles with and whatnot, you know, that, that's a clear sign to me that, that, that individual has passion. Okay. Passion to take something from their brain through their fingers 
and to make something out of nothing. And, uh, you know, I, I mentioned, um, a lot of the knife scales that we make, you know, don't even get posted on Instagram. Well, you know, to those, to those kids, you know, I will either, you know, sell them at a severe discount or, you know, give them product to help them further pursue, you know, what they're after their craft. Right. And, uh, you know, that, uh, that, that makes a person feel real good to do that. Um, and, uh, these guys that are just getting started on Instagram and whatnot, um, you know, I, I do a lot of reposting both in, uh, in posts and stories for people, you know, to help them, you know, grow their business, to help keep the passion burning within them. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's, it's good for everybody. It's good for everybody. And I just, I sleep very, very well at night, you know, doing what I do on a daily basis. So the the question I have for you about the big dogs, and this is just something that, you know, I'm curious about, you know, yeah. the way you kind of run your things when you post your scales, first one that says mine, you know, gets it. Uh-huh. Was there ever a point where you put up some scales and the first person that said mine, you looked at it and you were like, wow, he just bought my, my scales, you know, that you were kind of impressed that you had got to that level. Or, you know, maybe did it start out with everybody buying them already? Well, you know, that exact scenario um, that you just mentioned did happen to me one day. I was still working my day job, and uh, and I posted um, some of my Wildwood scales. This was back in the, in the infancy of Rob's Wildwood. And, uh, you know, I was on a construction site, you know, miles away from where I am right now. And, uh, you know, I, I posted this set of scales and, uh, my, my good friend, uh, Mark Begg of, uh, Begg knives claimed them. And, uh, I was driving down the road, you know, and just kind of, I had an alert on my phone. So I, I looked down at it and immediately pulled over and, uh, and sent Mark a message. And, uh, he said, yeah, you know, call me on the phone, man. I'm, I'm really interested in this product. And, uh, you know, that, that's a huge thrill, a huge thrill. Um, and actually, you know, other knife makers and friends of mine, um, commented on that and they said, wow, wow, you sold something to Mark Begg. And, and I'm going like, wow, this is really cool. You know, and then I looked up Mark Begg's Begg Knives account, um, page and found that he has over 150,000 followers and they do, you know, high end you know, friction folders, liner locks, and, uh, and now they're getting into chef knives. And I said, wow, should I consider this a feather in my cap? Um, and I said, well, yeah, maybe, but let's just work hard to make this, make this happen. That is impressive. So, Big knives is the real deal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, we met up with him at, uh, that blade show in 18 and 19, um, and, uh, you know, just a, just a great guy, great guy. And I don't know if you know, but they, uh, they had a show on the discovery channel years ago called, uh, blade brothers. I did not know that. I've never heard of that. Yeah. And you can, uh, you can look that up. You can look that up and, uh, you'll see, uh, Mark and his other, I think two or three brothers on there and they're, uh, they're based out of the Bay area in California, I think Petaluma area. 
I'm gonna have to see. Pretty, if that's pretty on the interesting Netflix. show. Yeah, but uh, um, big, small, you know, newbie, beginner, novice, pro. You know, we uh, we supply piano material to, uh, to to everybody. Yeah, man. That's I, I, again. I'm so excited. I mean, I've I've bought stabilized wood scales for years now, and I've always heard. Uh, I know you sell a lot to Jeff Fader. He's talked about you on the Knife Talk podcast more times than I can count. He said that the main reason he goes from New York to Atlanta is to meet Rob from Rob's Wildwood, and he brings a duffel bag. So, <laughs> I, I've heard that a and, lot. So. And you know what? <clears throat> Jeff Fader, um, he is at my table on Friday of Blade Show, and he is like the first one there. Yeah, I bet. And he's good. Give me this. 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 And uh, he says, and I said, okay. Well, um, you want a discount? He says, nope. Your stuff. I put your stuff on my knives, and uh, and they always sell. So I don't need a discount. Just charge me whatever you want to charge me. Yeah, so, Jeff say I've never talked to him or, you know, anything like that, but I've messaged him back and forth just a couple little quick times on Instagram. He just seems like a down to earth good guy. Yeah. Yeah, he's a, <laughs> the man's a character. I mean, he's a he's a world-class cook. He's a world-class knife maker, you know. He's just a an all-around all-around good guy. All-around good guy. I'm going to have to see, uh, send out a message and see if Jeff Fader wants to be on this podcast. He has come <laughs> up a lot, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. Between talking about knife talk and, you know, just other makers, Jeff seems to come up quite a bit. And other oh, yeah. podcasters, you know, he's got knife talk and he's got his full blast podcast. And It wouldn't hurt him to jump on a hustle and grind for an hour. I think it'd be good for him. Right? <laughs> yeah. I, I tell you what, though, no. Jeff, Jeff would come through here interviewing me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> flip backwards. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, Jeff, Jeff, that full that uh, knife talk podcast. You know, there's a uh, uh, Craig Chop Knives and uh, from France. Yep, and there's there's one also one other guy, um, uh, Mareko uh, Mamasi, Mamasi Fire Arts. Yes, yes, all three, all three of them. Total stand-up guys. Total stand-up guys. Yeah, I actually hung out with uh, Mareko last year at, well, I guess 19 at Blade Show for maybe 10 or 15 minutes. You know, we just started talking while we passed each other. He had never yeah. seen me before. And uh, <laughs> I believe it was sun it was the last day of Blade Show, and I caught New Jersey Steel Baron while they were marking everything down. Uh, mm -hmm. So I was walking around with like five or six Four foot long about, sticks of steel. I must have had a bunch of long sticks. Yeah, I just had a hand slam full of steel. And I noticed it was him, so I said hello. And he started looking at my steel, you know, asking me what I was making and stuff. And I mean, that was a cool guy. You know, he just talked to me like we've been buddies for years. Yeah. And I felt bad yeah. because guess who was right there standing with Mareko that I did not even know of at the time was uh, Don Wynn. And he was holding the camera. And I thought to myself, Mareko's got his own cameraman following around. <laughs> <laughs> I did, but it was Don Wynn standing there. And after that, I just I felt like an idiot. I mean, because Don Wynn is knife royalty too. Yeah, 
Yeah. Are you uh, Are you guys going to uh, the Ten Blade Show this year? Oh yeah. Yeah, we're only about uh, a little less than a little less than two hours yeah. from Atlanta. Nice. So yeah, it's not a big deal for us at all. I think last last year we stayed up. Well, I keep saying last year. I say the last time we went. Last two years time ago, they had it. Yeah, we stayed in Atlanta for the weekend. But I mean, if we wanted to, we could drive there and back in a day, no problem. Yeah. But I yep. mean, are, are you really even at Blade if you don't go to the pit party? Does it even count? <laughs> and then you ain't driving home. Yeah, then you're not going home. <laughs> well, I can't. I can't wait for the pit party this year. You know, to see uh, to see everybody drinking with their masks on and whatnot. I got a good feeling there won't be a mask in sight. I hope not. I, I just have that itching feeling. You know, they had the yeah. uh, the ice show down in Texas. Uh, well, heck, Rob, you're in Texas. Did you go to that? I didn't. I didn't. I tried to. Uh, I tried to secure a couple tables um, like two months before that show, and that show has been uh, has been picked up by by the people at Blade Show. They actually run it now, right? Um, and they were sold out and had a waiting line of about forty people. Oh wow! So um, I reached out to the people that I know um, at from Blade Show, and next year they're going to move that to a different venue and uh, expand the show. Yeah, it looked um, like because, it was in a small place. Yeah, yeah. You got uh, what you have is you have a bunch of people um, due to COVID that have been, you know, pent up, you know, in seclusion for you know well over a year now. And I, that ice show um, attendance at that ice show was like three times what it normally is. Yeah, that's the point I was getting at. Is I saw some of the Blade Show clips from that show. And mm-hmm. there was no social distancing. There was not a mask in sight. I mean, they had the early bird train lined up, ready to bust the doors open. Yep. And, I mean, if it's run by Blade Show also, then I think Atlanta's going to go great. I think it is, too. I think it is, too. And uh, and we're preparing for that right now. We're, you know, we're hoping to take uh, five or 600, you know, sets of scales slash blocks, you know, to that show. So I'm now, guessing you'll be driving in probably with a trailer, right? No, no. Believe it or not, we the last uh, in eighteen and nineteen when we did that show, um, we took a little. Uh, my son has a, a Mazda six, which is a pretty roomy little car, and we loaded it up all in there. And you know, this year we'll probably be doing the same thing. Wow. Now, what are the are there any regulations still on in uh, in Georgia? No. No, the go- the governor what last month technically reduced or canceled them. They're canceled, but certain places are still choosing to do things on their own accord. Yeah, they still have uh, like schools. I think they the schools are doing. They it. changed it from a six foot to a three foot social distance. Uh-huh. Um, there's no state mandates on masks at all or public gatherings. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're recommending to keep it under a hundred people, but. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's again, it's recommended. There's no state mandates at all. Yeah, that's good. Same, same here in Texas. You know, the governor. Uh, you know, we have a we have a great governor here in Texas, and uh, he left it up to the businesses. If the businesses feel that they want to require masks, then they require masks. Yeah, and and their patrons have to abide by those rules, and it, it's understandable. You know, it's you know, I'm not going to get into the whole you know. Um, politic thing behind you know the whole mask thing but you know you got to do it safe 
And, uh, you know, so he left it up to the businesses and most of the businesses, you know, in, in Texas still require masks. Um, most, uh, you know, federal agencies, the post office and, and whatnot, they still require masks, but you know, it, it, uh, it is what it is. I mean, it's a crazy, crazy thing that COVID, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's something all right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not going to get into my, uh, personal COVID view with the world cause, um, I've probably got a different one, but. As, as far as the mask thing goes, there's, I mean, here, banks, post office, wherever you want to go, really, the, almost everywhere has a sign up that says stop, face coverings required, but nobody, including the employees, are wearing masks anymore. There's a couple places that the wife likes to go that still are. Oh, really? Yeah, and we walked up to one yesterday, and they were like, do you have your mask? We're like, no. Well, we can't allow you to enter. I was like, oh, my goodness. Come on, people. Where was that at? Am I allowed to blast them on? Yes. Sally's? What's that? It's a hair product place that she gets different dyes and uh, okay. things okay. like that. And they were kind of rude about it. And the wife was like, I don't even want to go there no more. Yeah. I was like, I, I don't blame you, baby. Let's roll. Yeah. <laughs> I walked into a gas station, I don't know, well, it's almost a year ago, I guess, when everything had already blown up but was starting to calm down, um, I walked into a gas station. And I didn't have a mask on. And the lady started yelling at me as soon as I walked in, saying, you have to wear a mask. You have to wear a mask. So I just kind of pretended she was talking to somebody else. <laughs> and I went back there, and I grabbed my two water bottles and my Snickers bar, and I put them on the cabinet in front of her. And she said, sir, you have to wear a mask to be in here. And she was yelling at me. Yeah. I don't have a mask in my pocket. you know. So finally I told her, I said, look, you can check me out, and I'll leave. Or I can just stand here without a mask and listen to you scream. <laughs> she checked me out pretty quick and told me not to come back without a mask. And see, that's what my thing is about it. If you're going to be polite, okay, cool. I might might accommodate to your wishes or I'll just leave. A lot of folks, man, they come out yelling at you. I'm like, nah, I'm good. Bye. Yeah. But to heck with all that. Let's get off of COVID. Yeah. I want to go to Blade Show and I told the wife. <laughs> If we go to Blade Show and they start doing all that mandatory mask, I want to drill on knives, and I can't do that with a mask on. So I'm not. I'm Please not. don't drool on the knives. <laughs> but yeah, that that I hope that that I don't think they're going to. Enforce I don't it. think so. I mean, from what I've seen from other shows happening, it it's pretty much enter at your own risk is the way I'm feeling. You know. Yeah, and I'm hoping, and that's the way it should be. You know. If Blade Show wants to say anybody's welcome, then if you don't like people not wearing masks, just don't go. Well, I guess we'll find out in like two months, right? It's getting close. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's getting real close. It's getting real close. This year has flown by, hasn't it? It has. It has. Yeah. But, uh, well, at Blade Show, um, you know, in 18 and 19, we had one table each year and, uh, and did, did fairly well. Um, so, uh, so this year we're going to have two tables and we're going to be over, uh, over in the side room. Um, they haven't uh, given us our exact location yet, but it's going to be around 40 G. Um, that's where we were last year. And I think we're going to be in the same line of tables, but they just, they haven't told us where yet exactly. Okay. So you're going to be in that 
other room at the end of the hallway. Yeah, that smaller room upstairs around the corner. Yeah. Yeah, the smaller room with the better air conditioning. Yes. What, what do they call that? The expo or something I like that? I want to say something like that. Or annex. Was it annex ex- expo? What was it? But I know exactly what you're talking about. Because the big one, they call the main hall or something. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. But uh, we've always been in that side room and, and we've had people, you know, come up saying, God, what a breath of fresh air, fresh air this is. You know, that, uh, there's a big room over there has those big doors and I don't know why they keep them open, but it makes it real warm and humid in there. It's stuffy in there. Yeah. And I actually thought to myself, like, I hope these knives don't rust. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) There's so much moisture in the air. I'm surprised the whole building didn't smell like WD-40 trying to prevent that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Now what, uh, what do you, what do you, uh, what do you finish your knives with? The blades or the handles? The handles. Uh, it depends. Uh, and I was actually going to talk to you about this and see what you recommend for what you're selling. For a long time, I was using tongue oil. And it seemed to work okay, but I couldn't get it to finish up as bright without it leaving like a sticky layer. Uh-huh. Um, I've tried true oil, and it feels good and clean, but it won't leave the shine on it like I want. Um, I've used paste wax. I mean, that works okay until it just wears off. But, I mean, when they come in and one side's all high polished, what are you using? Well, for uh, for our scales, um, we run them through the process, and on the faces, they are, they are sanded to 320 grit, okay? And the backs are always at 120 grit, mm-hmm. okay? And then uh, we, we blow them off with compressed air to get all the dust out of the pores. Um, and then they are buffed with two different compounds, okay? Uh, first, we go with a product called uh, White Diamond, okay? And then over top of that, we go with a scratchless pink, okay? Now, that, uh, de- depending on what the knife maker is going to do with it, okay, um, and their, their finishing process. Um, if you, if you use oil, the handle is always going to turn out darker. Okay. Yeah. than just, than what we do with just buffing. Okay. So it's all kind of, uh, it's all kind of up to the knife maker and the, and the look that they're trying to achieve. Um, you know, we try to get, you know, really, really good videos when we, when we post scales for sale. Um, by finishing them that way. And, you know, there's, there's ways that we could probably cut time out of that and do it differently and still sell them, but they wouldn't look as good. And, you know, with the, the social media, it's all about the picture. Yeah. I mean, you know, whether it's on a website or Instagram or, you know, whatever platform, I mean, you can, you can post something for sale that, that looks okay. Okay, and you can have a paragraph next to it a mile long, um, explaining every detail about that picture, and you won't, and you won't sell it. Okay, okay. Well, what we do is, you know, we put extra time and money into that product to make it look as good as we can, get the best video that we can with the phone camera, um, and post it. And uh, you'll find that with social media and websites and everything else. It, it's all about that picture. All about the picture. Oh, yeah. 
That's impressive, I mean, though, that it's only up to 320 with that kind of shine on it. Yeah. And with that, yeah. With just a buffer, man, I'm going to have to just buff it. Yeah. yeah. Now, when we when we do uh, acrylics, um, when we do hybrids and, and resin scales and stuff like that, um, we usually sand those up to, you know, usually six or 800. Um, the sanders that we have are big ones. They're, uh, they're cabinet shop sanders that, that take a six by 89 belt. Holy cow. And I can get, uh, belts for those that go to all the way up to a thousand grit. Okay. But, uh, with, uh, aluminite resin, um, if you sand it to 320, it doesn't, and then buff it, it doesn't get that really, really nice shine. So we have to take it a couple grits, you know, beyond that. So you don't oil it or nothing. You just bring it to the buffer. Yep. It goes uh, right from 320, gets blown off, and goes right to the buffer. I'm, I'm going to have to look into some new compounds. I've got green and black. And, I but see, I don't do much buffing because I guess I'm not familiar with it enough. But on my buffer, if I try to buff with my green compound, it kind of leaves like a – the brown streaks? No, it leaves like chunks of compound behind. I oh. guess because it's heating it up so much, you know, because it's turning so fast. It's, it's, well, now what uh, what kind of a buff are you using? Are you using a sewn sewn buff or a loose buff? It's a loose. Okay. Okay, because I'm I find with ours, you know, I the the first one we use is the is the white diamond, and we use a uh, a sewn buff with that. And then when we go to the pink, the final coat, that's a loose buff. Mm -hmm. And if I put too much compound on the wheels, it'll, it'll leave that, uh, it'll leave specs, you know, as the wheels going around it, you know, 1800 RPMs. Yeah. If you have too much compound on the wheel, it'll do that. It'll leave spots and, you know, residues and stuff. Are you going to have to uh, text me? Your, where you get those compounds from? Because I'm I'm very curious. You don't have to say it on here because you know I don't want to lean towards one manufacturer or the other of things like that because there's so many. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're they're quite common. They're they're available all over the place. And you know, like you said, I'll uh, I'll let you know as soon as we get done with the old podcast here. <laughs> well, we've been going a little over an hour oh, now. So what time I know is it now? you had a hard stop at three thirty your time, right? No, three forty five. Yeah. What you said, and we're at three forty two Texas time. That's yep, awesome. I'm gonna have to uh <laughs> so I guess I'm gonna have that, to get out of here and go go pick up my daughter from school here in a few minutes. Yeah, so that's perfect time and we'll go ahead and call it a day. Uh, again, man, I appreciate you being on here so much. Um, I'm so excited to get those scales. I mean, they are, they already have a home, so I'll be sending you some pictures and stuff. And thanks again for coming on with us such short notice. And, uh, we're going to do it again next week. So everybody go and check out JK blades on Instagram, Facebook, and, uh, TikTok. Nah, we'll leave that one out. <laughs> Check out David at Save It Outdoor Survival. And definitely, if you have a need for any kind of scales, go and look at Rob's Wildwood. It does not get any better. It is the gold standard of anything that you grab a knife by. So check him out for sure. 
Thanks again for being on here, Rob, and we're going to call it a day. Everybody, you know keep- what, guys? I, I appreciate the opportunity, and I'd appreciate you uh, you having me. And uh, like y'all just said, um, anybody needs anything handle material related, just uh, hit me up on Instagram, or you can uh, give me a ring at 830-837-3297. All right. right. Well, there's Rob's contact info, everybody. Till we talk to you again, everybody keep on hustling and keep on grinding. We will see you next week on the Hustle and Grind podcast. Bye-bye. Bye, y'all. Bye, (laughs) y'all. Thank you.